0: Let's pray, and then we will jump into the word this morning. Father, I ask uh, this morning that you would um, convince us of the greatness and the wonder and the beauty of the Son that you sent for the salvation of us all. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we look into your word, you would look into us, um, that you would cause us to fall in love with you and that you would make it our life's mission and heart's desire that we make you known to the world around us. So I give you praise for this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at John chapter one this morning, uh, kind of the preamble to the whole book um, in chapter one, verses one through 18. And uh, as we do. You know, normally you kind of unfold the message and you, you give this idea of what it is that, that I want you to know, um, what it is that I want you to feel, and what it is I want you to do. And normally you kind of do that in a process of just unfolding it. But today I want to give it to you up front because it's a big deal. Here's what, because it's all about this. I, I, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know jesus i want you to know that jesus is god here's what i want you to feel that knowing that i want you to fall in love with him then what i want you to do is i want you to make him known everywhere you go and so as I, as I battled through this text this morning, and you know what battled me the most was, how, how do I make an introduction to this? How do I get people to want to, to, to sit and, and to listen to this? Because the task is really super tall, I think. Because what I want you to do, what I, what, I, what I hope that the Lord will allow me to do uh, to you and, and to do for you and to do with you, is to paint a picture to to get you to see Jesus. I want you to see him. And thinking of analogies of what we want to see and just to, to really see about a person. Because I want you to know that this Jesus is a real person. Right? He has personhood just like you and he has personhood just like me. Well, I kept thinking about like obituaries. Okay? And Thinking about um, funeral eulogies. Um, When you go to a funeral and you hear, you know, this long list of this person's life and what it's all about and what they were about and all that, you don't hear everything about that person. Uh, You don't hear the ugly stuff, you know. At the end of the day, if you didn't know him and you had gone to this funeral for a person you didn't know, at the end of the day, you would walk around thinking about this person and his goodness and what a great life he lived and what a wonderful human being this guy was. And he was all love and he was all that. And yeah, at the end, you didn't know him. You still don't know him. You read an obituary and it lists all the accomplishments of the person's life, how they work, all that. And you you leave that thinking, well, maybe I got a picture of this. You don't know that guy. And so that's why I was thinking as I'm diving into this, that this is the task this morning, right? Is to tell you all about the person of Jesus in such a way as when you leave, you really, really know him. So... In order for that to happen here this morning, I am absolutely aware that all of you and me, as much as we might think we already know about the person of Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit of God right now to convince us of who the person of Jesus is. Right? And... I need his power to communicate what what who he is, just who he is. It's a tall task. So let's read um, chapter one, verse one through 18. And then we will dive into this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not that light, but came to bear witness about that, about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the word of God. Amen. Praise be to God. So, before we jump right in to that... I want us to get the idea of we are looking at the Gospel according to John, and I want us to get at what are the Gospels concerned with? What is the concern of what the gospels gospel writers were about? What is the Gospel um, book about? What is that about? Well, the Gospels are a historical account. They are the things. And these things that we will explore here is that they really, really occurred. That this is a historical document about a real person at a real time in a real place who really, really lived. The interactions he had with people were real. They were real people with real problems, with real struggles. And they are a narrative and they're from a perspective of a human writer who is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, they tell, it tells a story, right? Um, in them, it includes parable, parables, dialogues, and words right from the subject of the book. That is, the person of Jesus is the subject of the book and we hear his own words in it. So the gospel's, at its core, concern is a person. This is the gospel, the good news, according to John, about the person, the central figure of the Bible, the central figure of the message, the central figure of humanity, It is, at its core, about a person. So, in a way, it's like a biography. And in Greek literature, they wrote what they called bios. And they're concerned with an individual, and namely, what this gospel book will be concerned with is the subject, the person, his ancestry, his teaching, his philosophy, his virtues, and his manner of death. So they paid a lot of attention to the manner of death. And as we notice in the Gospels, that a lot of the book is dedicated to the death and resurrection of Christ. So it's a big concern in the Gospels, and it was a big concern in Greek literature um, in doing what they called the bios. The Gospels yet have some unique characteristics that are different from the Greek bios and way different from a biography. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you about the life of this person. I, that, that's my desire, is to get you to know who he is by describing his life, by describing his um, ancestry, his teaching, his philosophy, his virtues, and his manner of death. And how they are unique, how the Gospel is unique from those, from any biography you might read how the Gospels are unique from any Greek bios from the past, is that these story structures, although they are definitely New Testament, they have distinct similarities to the Old Testament narratives. They are written with that Old Testament narrative in mind and in structure. The Gospels speak of this world and the next, so they have a little apocalyptic nature to them. The Gospels speak of the consummation of human history, unlike any other biography. So it has an end times feel to that. The Gospels also, unlike a biography, proclaim God's saving work. And the Gospels make um, claims that are way beyond what a biography would. They claim this. The Gospels claim that all of human history is consummated in the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus has brought the kingdom of God to earth. That Jesus is the model to all humanity of what it means to be really human. He is the most human of humans. He is more human than you and I. And yet, he is fully God. And this, unlike any other biography, is he's not just a figure of the past who is dead. That this subject of this gospel the truth of the matter is is that Jesus is alive that he is still alive. So I am speaking to you of a living person, a living being, the living God that is who Jesus is. The gospel according to John, he gives us a definite clue as to the purpose of the book, the purpose of the writer and by extension The purpose of the one who would preach this message and the purpose of the one who would hear the words of this book. If you would turn to John chapter 20, I want to read verses 30 and 31. I love the sound of the turning pages. Beautiful. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The fullness of who Christ is cannot be expressed in this book, John says. The fullness of who Christ is cannot be written in this book. In a a chapter later on, in chapter 21, John says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So... With that, it just really, that was the the thing that just hammered my heart, is that I have this task this morning, that you would see Jesus. And he says in his book that the volume of books that could be written about him, the whole world couldn't contain them. But, verse 31, but what we are going to look at, these that are written, so that you may believe That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. So that's our purpose this morning. That's the purpose of the book. That's the purpose of the preaching. That's the purpose of your hearing, is that you would know Jesus, and that in knowing Him, you would have life in His name. That is the purpose of the book, the purpose of the preacher, and the purpose of the hearer this morning. And so, I hope that you can see why I felt that that was an on-your-face moment for the preacher. this is what God has called us to accomplish this morning. So, let's look at verses 1 through 5 of chapter 1. Again, the ruffling of the pages of the Bible. What a good thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Christ Jesus an uncreated Son of God. He is everything that was created and everything that was created was created through Him. Jesus is the instrument of God's creating power. Do you get that? That Jesus is the instrument of God's creating power. In Greco-Roman philosophy everything had a living reality the thought the plan and expression of which was a distinct living reality else as well as the person from which it came so the idea here that it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god the plan the thought is the living reality of God as a person. So, we have in the world, we have a worldview of who Jesus is. There's a view of who Jesus is, whether or not you're a Christian. A non-Christian view might see Jesus as this. He's a teacher of some good moral values. He's an example of love, and this is where they get it wrong, without judgment. He's a model of good behavior. Is Jesus not all of those things? He is all of those things. But is He not more? Is He not more? And the word here tells us that He is more, that He was more, that He is the creating power of God, that He is the instrument of God's Creating power. Let's look at 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not that light, but he came to bear witness about the light. So I ask myself and I ask you this. This is a a question to ponder, uh, a question to think about, a question to pray through. Is the aim of our lives that others might see Jesus and believe? Is that the aim of who we are? Is that the mission that God has called you and I on as believers and followers of Christ? And do we flesh that out in actuality? See, this John, this man who was sent from God, John the Baptist did he come to make a name for himself? No. Did he come to exalt his own ministry? But he came to tell the truth about Jesus, that all might believe. That is what a witness does, isn't it? If you go to court, if you have to go to court and you're called to be a witness, your job there is not to be the focus of attention. Your job there is to tell the truth. God sent him as a witness to tell the truth about Jesus. He was not that light. He came to tell the truth about that light. I wondered why in the text it says that he was not that light. I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. I am not that light. I need to tell the truth and be a reflection of that light for sure. But don't we sometimes want to take the credit for the light? We want to say, I shared this with this person and this person came to faith because of me. Because I was so good at what I did. He says here, I think this is here to teach me in my own heart that I... And you, we are not that light. But our duty is merely to bear witness about that light, to tell the truth about that light. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name... He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. The begotten Son, the uncreated one, came into the world that He created for the express purpose of making a people from the very ones who rejected Him. He Himself was begotten of God, not born of the flesh, yet He became flesh that we might become His children if we will receive Him and believe in His name. You know, in Acts chapter 4, there is only one name by which we can be saved. And it is the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to get the idea of becoming. Becoming is a process. It's taking a nature that we don't have and becoming something other, right? That we might become children of God. We were born children of wrath because of Jesus and our faith in Him. We might become the children of God, that we might become something new, not born of the flesh, not born of the will of the flesh, not born of the will of man, but born of the will of God. If you believe in Christ, if you believe in Jesus right now, do you know that you only do so because it was the will of God that you do, that you are? It was God willed that you would believe. God willed that you would become his children. Well, in the in the next part of, of this text, I want us to get that that God, that Jesus, he, he is a fully personal God. He is fully personal. Let's look at 14 through 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. The creative force of the universe, the logos, the expression of the mind of God became flesh and lived as one of us. And here's the reality of the 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 author of this book is that he's seen him. He touched him. In 1 John 1, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it. was a real person. And John declares, we have seen His glory. We have seen that He is worthy of honor. And not only that, He is honored as the only Son. We have seen that He is honored. But His honor comes from the essence of who He is indeed, God. He is honored as the only Son who is in the essence of his being. He carries the honor of the Father who sent him because he came from him. He is indeed God. One thing we might note from this text is it says that Jesus is full of grace and truth, he's more than the concept of knowing that God exists. That God exists is 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 not much of a stretch for almost everyone on the planet. That God exists, in some sense, people know that. But Jesus is beyond just the concept of knowing that God exists. He, in His person, is the fullness of God's power, of God's compassion. Of God's righteousness. And again, we see that John, he rightly knows that glory belongs only to Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Has Christ been made known to you? Has he been made known to you this morning? Has the light of Christ illuminated your soul? It says that Jesus is the light. And that light was the, was the light of men. It was the life. He was the life and his light was the light of men. It is that which illuminated the soul. It illuminates the soul to recognize that you're dead. Dead, 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 and I need life and that life is found in this person of Jesus and only in him do you desire to see god that is my question and i hope that every one of us who gather every sunday morning and every week that we gather together during the week in the book in the bible in bible studies wherever it is that we go that our desire is i long to see And know God. The preacher, the evangelist, that is the gospel writer, John. Tells us this throughout this book and um, all of the gospel writers do. Do you desire to see and know God? Look to Jesus. These words are written and preached that you might believe And have life in his name. If Christ has made God known to you. My next question is. Will you reflect that light? Will you by your love of God. Love his people? And will your love of God. Your love of his people. And the word of your testimony. Make him known to a world that so desperately needs him. That is our question this morning. Have you seen Jesus? The, a, a pastor wrote one time that at the end of the sermon, people come up and they give him accolades for, hey, this was a good message, or sometimes he hears, hey, that was not so good. Um, and, and, and the preacher said, the greatest compliment that I ever got was this, I didn't know that Jesus was so beautiful. I didn't know that Jesus was so beautiful. What an amazing truth. I declare to you the beauty of Christ this morning. I declare that that the aim, the desire, I believe for this church, It's a moniker we have on our website and it's not just words. It is to know Jesus and to make Him known. In whatever pale way, this morning I have attempted to paint the picture of the beauty and the power of who Christ is. That He is the all-creating God. That He is, as Randy said, everything consisted in Him. That He should have preeminence in all things. That this is this Christ. And John writes a lot about the person of Jesus and, and in knowing who He is. That this all-creating God, the thing that turns people upside down, is, as, as you know, in what I said this morning that Jesus is the instrument of God's creating power. But, when Jesus comes back in Revelation, John writes this, that Jesus will be the instrument of God's wrath. He will be that which expresses God's wrath. So, when it says that in the beginning... The Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God. That's what I hope we see this morning. That the, the Christ that we proclaim and His beauty and His wonder and His compassion and His kindness and His love is not something that we just um, sort of make it easy and have this easy sort of belief about who this Christ is that Jesus Christ is indeed God. And He expressed Himself out of great love for you and great love for me by bringing Him in the flesh to be one of us, to uh, suffer the same sort of things that we suffer in this life. And yet, because He was indeed God, He remained sinless in all of that. He remains sinless in all of that. And then us, who He's given the right be children of god this christ who is full of grace and full of truth convinces us of those sinful things that we do in reaction sometimes even just to suffering and he says this that that in christ is also the power by his grace to overcome That in Christ we have the overcoming Savior who empowers those who would believe by faith to be overcomers. Who will overcome? He asks in Revelation. Who will overcome? We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. I thank you for the gift of this place. I pray this morning that you have emptied the preacher of himself and any error or misguided track that I may have brought your people down, that you, by your Holy Spirit, have overcome it, that you, by your Holy Spirit, have taught us um, who you are, that we see you. I pray, Lord, for and effective power of your Holy Spirit in us right now, that we might fall in love with you all over again. And that in falling in love with Jesus, we can't help but overflow that to a world around us who desperately need you. So Lord, may we know you and may we make you known in all areas of our life this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.